In the month of November, the Catholic mind quite naturally considers the end of things. The church's liturgical year is coming to an end. The scripture readings in this time of year speak to us of the end of things. As we have decreasing daylight in this season, we give special attention to prayer for the souls of those who've gone before us, those whose eyes have closed to the light of this world. All of this easily brings to mind the end of things, the end of the world at the second coming, the four last things, that is death, judgment, heaven, and hell, and the destination of our own soul after death. In the gospel, after numerous chapters chronicling his journey, Jesus has now arrived at his destination of Jerusalem. He is in the holy city and has been welcomed as the king with palm branches and cries of Hosanna. The setting of this gospel passage that we've heard today is the lead up to that first holy week. The Lord is teaching in the temple in these days. He then goes across the valley with his disciples and from there they can look back toward the holy city and its gleaming temple. And this is where the gospel today picks up. Someone commenting about how beautifully adorned the temple is. And then Jesus begins to speak of the destruction of the temple. And that is the clear and primary meaning of the Lord's words in this passage. The temple had been previously destroyed by the Babylonians in 587 BC. The prophetic prediction is that it would happen again. And Jesus speaks words that back up that prediction, as we heard in today's gospel passage. And in fact, that destruction did take place within some 40 years after Jesus' death. The Lord tells his disciples that many disturbing signs will precede and accompany this destruction. His disciples are to be alert, but they are not to be afraid even though they will not know exactly when the destruction will come. A lesson from the words of this gospel and the teaching of the Lord is that we don't follow those who claim to know the day or the hour of these events. We certainly take note of signs of strife between nations and peoples and the signs in the cosmos of natural disasters. These communicate to us that we should be ready and prepared for what comes. But we are not to get wrapped up in anxiety and frantic predictions. Rather, we live each day alert. The church has always understood a rich significance of the Lord's prediction of the destruction of the temple. And to understand this deeper significance, we must know something of the significance of the temple in the Jewish mind. Among other things one can say, it's important to note that the Jerusalem temple was viewed as a microcosm of heaven and earth, and of the whole universe, in other words. The layout, the architecture, and the decoration of the temple symbolized heaven and earth. The different parts of the temple called to mind parts of the universe, the land, the sea, the skies with their constellations, and the Holy of Holies was the symbol of heaven itself, the very place of the dwelling of the Most High God. 
Theologian Brant Petrie notes that for the Jews, the universe was like a macro temple, but the earthly Jerusalem temple was like a micro universe. It was a microcosm. So another meaning of the Lord's words in this gospel is that when he speaks of the destruction of the temple, a microcosm of the whole universe, there is the deeper significance that he is speaking of the destruction of the whole universe. And he's making a reference to the day of final judgment. The church wants us to take note of these important meanings so that we remain alert for the end of things and so that we live in a way that finds us prepared for our judgment. We need to think of the end of things, and we need to think of our own end. And we should do this not only when it is abundantly obvious, perhaps, that the end is near, as it might be when one is advanced in age or facing a terminal illness or a sudden disaster. It needs to be a regular habit we form. A long tradition in our Catholic spirituality, one encouraged by many saints, is captured in the phrase memento mori, which is Latin for remember death. There will be signs of the end of the world, we are told. We may have signs of our own impending end, but we won't know with precision the day or the hour. Rather, we must live each day in an orderly way, to borrow words from St. Paul in the second reading, an orderly way living with that vibrant faith and focus so that we are ready whenever the end comes. We live each day seeking to encounter God in prayer and good moral living. We live each day availing ourselves of the grace of the sacraments that the Lord has so generously left for us. If we aren't building a prayer life, if we aren't using confession regularly, if we're cutting out of Mass early as a habit, do we think we are forming good discipline in order to be ready to meet the Lord? You see, we have to pay attention to these common, frequent, even daily things, for they reveal something to us about our discipline, our vigilance, and preparedness. Again, as St. Paul said, we did not act in a disorderly way among you. In other words, we need to think about these simple and so many other things soberly and honestly. We don't want to be like the proud and the evildoers spoken of by the prophet Malachi in the first reading, for whom the day of the Lord's judgment will come blazing like an oven leaving them set on fire and utterly destroyed, leaving them neither root nor branch, as the prophet said. You see, the same day of the Lord will come for us too. But by lives of disciplined preparedness and vigilance, may we find that day to be a day filled with mercy, such that we are among those who fear the Lord and who find the day like the Son of Justice, with its healing rays.